Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we're talking about sex. Uh, sex, S E X, sex. So, oh, it's not chatting, sex. So, <laughs> let me stop acting crazy, but I'm really excited for today's conversation. So, before we get started, I got to introduce our guest who's here to help us out with this conversation. So, today we have Wildelisa Silverman, aka Wildy, and she's a Dominican American sex and relationship therapist with about 10 years experience. She is passionate about helping others live the life they deserve, particularly how to navigate their relationships and have better sex, (laughs) whether alone or partnered. Wildy believes that the most effective tool she brings into any therapy session is herself, as well as utilizing evidence-based treatment, humor, and authenticity. Wildy, say hello to the people. Hello, people. (laughs) yo i love the fact that uh you put in the humor piece because fyi to the listeners wildy and i know each other from like five years ago four years ago where we used to work together and i would just go into her office and like complain about the the lows of being a therapist and she was always funny as hell uh yo like you you are like ever since we started this podcast you are the person i had in mind to talk about sex ever since i was like i need to talk about sex i was like we gotta get wildy on I got super excited to see you on Instagram and to see that you were really going in with the be I call it being a sex expert and like yo there's nobody else that I think that is more fit to do this job than you so I'm super excited to have you I'm super excited to reconnect with you and I'm really excited to start talking about sex because yo like I always say this if you cannot talk about sex you cannot have it please like so I'm really ready to start opening that conversation up that is true. I hadn't thought about it that way. But before we do, we usually do check-ins. So, Crystal, how are you? I'm doing all right. Excited for today's conversation. I'm going to be going outside today, you know, in this panini. The times that we get outside <laughs> is very limited, so I'm excited for that. So I feel like, you know, we're starting off the day well, um, you know, got some exciting plans. So I'm feeling great. Nice. I'm, I think I'm more overwhelmed like, and excited to start talking about this because it's been on my mind for a while. So whatever bad has been happening in this past week is like erased right now because I'm just like hella excited. I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> How yeah, about you, Wilby? Let's not, uh, the same thing, right? I am so happy that it's getting warmer. I am so excited for this summer. Like yeah. I'm vaccinated. You know, I, yeah. I look skinnier. <laughs> <laughs> not, inten- not, not intentionally i just haven't been eating but oh, man. Oh, but no. i'm excited it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a hopeful summer i hope so too i'm ready to throw this ass back let me stop <laughs> chris and i have this whole uh pretty bitch summer plan right like yes. i'm newly single crystal single we're like we're gonna be out here right. uh, so and we're fun. both gonna be fully vaccinated I mean, right. it is, and then it isn't because you know what it's like being single. 
Uh, yeah, like you got to deal with people's bullshit. So. No, but I get to flirt, so it's okay. And flirting is oh, fun. Yeah, nice. for me, <laughs> that's, that's what I can do. <laughs> flirting is fun, but like I think I told you this in a private message. I'm like, yeah, flirting is fun, but then getting to that, literally, to the next level of like possibly, you know, having sex with somebody is fucking hard, man. It's hard because yo, like, it's just. There's not a lot of like candidates out there that like I would do that with at this point in time, especially now that I'm older. I'm not 25 anymore, right? Yeah. Well, I can't. I can't flirt, so I'm like, that must be nice. I'm so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we can go ahead and jump right into this episode. Um, and we want to just kind of like start things off for today thinking about like what are the things that we grew up learning about sex like what what did you all hear about sex what were your what were people saying who taught you I'm gonna jump right in because the first thing that came to mind well a couple of things but yo my mom was intense with sex with for her own reasons like I understand that more now as an adult but I when I was when I turned like 14 and I started like really, really liking boys and she noticed it. She would fucking remind me all the time, like, if you start having sex, I'm gonna cut your legs off. And I was oh like, Oof, that's <laughs> intense. <laughs> no, like that was that was the rhetoric used around sex. Like, don't do it, basically. And I didn't listen at all. <laughs> Cause I started having sex when I was 15. I yo, like a year later, I'm like having sex. I do not condone that, by the way. It's just it was just my process. That's how it happened. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I learned about sex in very weird ways. So one, my my mom wasn't talking to me about sex. I had the sex talk, but her husband gave me the sex talk. And it was very like, yeah, it was just, it was very technical. Like there wasn't any discussion about sex being pleasurable it was like this is what sex is from a very technical like biological textbook uh perspective and then I feel like the other things that I heard about sex was if I saw something you know like on tv uh, I got a lot of misinformation from the people I went to school with and and I think it wasn't even so much that they were and obviously they weren't intentionally misinforming me. It was like they also didn't know better. But I remember just like in junior high school, like kids having sex and it being a topic of discussion. I think looking back now, I'm like, we were we were babies. Why were we talking about sex or, you know, like and it would be rumors like, oh, so and so. Did you see so and so and so and so? They came in late today it was because they were at, you know, the girl's house having sex. And it was just like, you know, like then you didn't really think about it because everybody was talking about it. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, like <laughs> what was going on back then? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just it was weird. Like all of the information was very detached and mismatched. Yeah, for me, it was sex. It was reserved for married women. <laughs> you had to be married to have sex. And if you had sex before you were married, you were tainted. Una sucia. That's it. You you lost your flower. <laughs> you could never get it back. It was, yeah. And of course, if you, got, if you had sex, you would get pregnant and no one would want you. And it was always pregnancy. That was... The immediate <laughs> consequence, right? Nothing about pleasure. Oh, no. When I got right. my first vibrator from Spencer's, let me tell you, that was, my mom was so shocked that at 15, I'm here like, no, it's a massager. It was this big. 
Like, hey. <laughs> this, is not, this is not a back massager. <laughs> you know what I find so interesting, though? You had the, well, I don't know. Is, was that just like um, a personality thing where you were like, fuck it, I'm going to buy this? And like, or was it something that your family kind of indirectly allowed, right? Like this openness to sex, but then. Because, like, you can't get married. You can't have sex until you're married. But then you, you're bringing home a vibrator. Like, I still wouldn't do that shit to this day. It was very weird growing up um, because it was very a lot of mixed messages about sex. For example, my mom would walk around naked all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was normal. She would have her titties, like, on top of the dining room table. Like, what? And then for me, it <laughs> yeah. And listen to this, right? This is just pure laziness. So, and also not giving a shit. So the bathroom was downstairs, right? And so my room was upstairs. So instead of having to like bring the towel back downstairs after a shower, I would go up there naked. My father could be mm. in la sala. He could be anywhere in the house. I don't care who was there. I would come mm. up, just cover myself. Boobs, my cooch, my ass was out because I only had two hands. And I would just walk from the bathroom <laughs> to my room because that was normal in my house. But then we can't right. talk about sex. But we could be naked. Interesting. That, yeah, I feel like that creates a very, like, that is, it's dissonance, right? Like, is this cognitive dissonance about, like, we can see each other's bodies, but then we can't talk about sex at all. You know, it almost reminds me, though, of the, so, like, you know how, like, marriage is the portal to actually gaining that access? But that's still a mindfuck, right? Like, because you're like, yes, you can be open, but you have to be married to do it. And that's mad weird, like that, especially like once you're a teen and you start having sex. Well, if you don't mind me asking, when did you lose your virginity? 16 and a half. Okay, that's that's a, I know specific. for a fact you weren't married. <laughs> <laughs> I know, what day and everything. <laughs> so do oh, I. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yep, mm-hmm, I remember. And yo, it's so wild. Did you plan it? Did you like think, I'm going to do it today? We, we knew it was going to happen sooner or later. Because he was my like first out boyfriend, and you know we were doing stuff that was leading up to it, and it just happened. I guess we had time that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was gonna say like you mentioned earlier that you had brought the the vibrator at fifteen. Like, how did you end up learning about sex? Because obviously it was something for for marriage. But at 15, you had a vibrator. I don't think I even knew that vibrators were a thing at 15, to be quite honest. I guess what made you make that decision? Uh, How did you get to the point of having sex? So for me, I learned about sex quite young. Um, My sister is older, so she would have a lot of Cosmopolitan magazines, Seventeen Mm. magazines, and I would read to them all the time. And the parts I would go to would be the sex parts. Because why not? Those were the parts in bold in the cover. Right? Tips on how to give a better blowjob. And I wasn't going to do any of those things, but I just wanted to know. And it's mm. funny how for you, Sasha, you were like, when I think about sex, I think about Wildy. And that's who I was when I was 14 with my girlfriends. You want sex? You have sex questions? Ask Wildy, she knows. And it's funny, they thought I was, well, not my friends, but people would think that I had lost my virginity a long time ago because I was so open about sex. Not true. I just read a lot about it. And when I got the toy, so Spencer's opened opened up at a Queen Center Mall. I remember that. You remember? And yeah. the back was a part with all the sex toys. And that was like, oh, you can't go in there until you, unless you were 18. I don't know how I got it. I was 15. But mm. I guess I was able to get a sex toy. 
Because I wouldn't go to a sex toy shop at 15. Where am I going? <laughs> Where would I go? <laughs> the mall had it. And then I bought a little tiny vibrator. And I didn't even know how to use it for a while. So the, the way I, I had my first orgasm, which was funny, because I was inserting it in and out. I'm like, this is not, okay, what is this? I'm just putting it in and out. <laughs> and it was tiny, so it wasn't really going anywhere. It was just staying pretty much, you know, right there. And then... I fell asleep with it and it kind of like just like slid out mm. and then it started vibrating on my clit. And I was like, holy shit. This is happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I about it. And I would sleep with it all the time. Like you see a warrior <laughs> coming out of my pants. And I'm not <laughs> I just walk back out. <laughs> That's hilarious. So you or so you actually experienced your first orgasm before you had sex. Yes. Yo, that's Ooh. so. I think that's so fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like I had to keep trying. I think it wasn't so like because I remember I was determined. I was like, "What the fuck is so great about this?" And like, I it became like a mission for me. And then when it when I felt it, I was like, "Oh, oh!" And like it, it was over after that. Like it was nonstop. One of my favorite things to do back back then, before I started having sex, was dry humping. I was like the dry humping master. <laughs> I knew what to wear to get a good rub. You know, I knew I had to wear leggings. And if I have a period, I'm wearing a panty liner because even if it meant for like two seconds, right? I knew what, where on the guy I had to like, it could have been his leg, his knee. It didn't matter where, where it was. And I got a good a good position, and that was it. That was that's where I got my orgasm. So when I had sex the first time, I didn't get one, and I was like, "That's that was sex." But you know, it's interesting that like, there's no. I mean, how fucking appropriate! You're really you really are an expert because like, yo, you you knew like all these things that you're talking about. They happened to me by accident, right? Like mm. that's how I learned. But yo, like you were on your A game. You were like, you had like your fucking textbooks and everything. You're like, you know, chapter one, section C. Like, this is how you fucking dry hump. Like, that's fucking awesome. I think it it should be like that, actually. Well, I was gonna say, I feel like Wildies was destined for this. Like you, like front, like this was it. Like this was your career. Like there's people that from very young they know, and I'm like, girl, like you, Sasha said, you've been knowing them Cosmos were your Bible. <laughs> I had stacks of them and I used to highlight the tips. And then I'd be like, a lot of them are repetitive. <laughs> this is how they do it. This is how I get, they get 100 tips every month. And it's a lot of the same thing. So I was highlighting them all and kind of condensing them into my own list. <laughs> That's so funny. I do want to point out that like the route that you took is a little more empowering than the the way that these magazines kind of lead us, especially as women, towards sex. So that you took that information and you owned it, you controlled it, and then you made it something for you. Like to the point where you're like, oh, I'm having sex now. This shit ain't right. That's awesome. Um, most women will do it for their partner. Mm. So that that's my problem with these like Cosmo tips and shit. Like it's just like, okay, I actually really appreciate the way you show up with sex because it's for you. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. So, Wildy clearly had all of the information. Maybe some repetitive things. Maybe some things that weren't all. Well, it seems like it was it was helpful. But I did want to talk about like what misinformation we did receive because I feel like that was rampant, especially because of exactly what we've been talking about. Because sex is to- so taboo, and because we're not 
receiving that information from any adults, then we kind of just start picking up tips from like different friends and not all of us were fortunate enough to have a wildy in our lives Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know give us the tips so what were some things that uh you learned I guess Sasha um growing up about sex like what misinformation did you get you know my I personally don't like talking about this too much because um but I I will say um there's a, a history of like sexual abuse in my family I wasn't sexually abused, but like, I I think when sex came up, I was told the right thing, but I was told, I think the, it was emotional misinformation, right? Like I was told the logistics of it. I was told when you have sex, you use a condom. I was told that if you ever start having sex, this is what you got to do. But it was all very fear-based because it was like, it it just kind of felt like there was this, uh, I don't know, like this dark cloud over it. And I grew up with like, so I had all the information. Sex was something that my family spoke about often. Like, yo, like my aunt and on that side of the family from my mom's side, um, they're dirty as fuck. And I really appreciate that. Like, it's funny. It's it's a good time. Right. But then when you internalize these things, especially when I'm living with my mom and it was just, it was confusing. It was very confusing. Like, I think that I had all the information and I also think I, I was, I was always very curious. So like I would ask people and I thankfully had women in my life who would tell me, but the emotional piece was always something that um, I think it was very confusing until I was probably 26. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. And I think that fear, conversations about fear, maybe, Wilde, you can speak to to that, being the expert here, uh, really, I feel like shifts... I guess the 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 way you you go into something, because I feel like either fear will keep you paralyzed or it'll, like, have you going in headfirst, just blind, not knowing anything, and then you might end up making, you know, mistakes, like maybe not having protected sex, ending up pregnant. I guess, do you have anything, I guess, anything to share in regards to that, like having that fear-based response when talking about sex? Yeah, it definitely happened to me. And fear was the word I was going to say, because when I, my mom threatened because she knew I had the boyfriend. So she mm-hmm. threatened that she was going to take me to my doctor and that he was going to check if I was a virgin and he was going to tell her. So this this was a threat. And I believed it. Oh my God, I wish I, I, wish I would have freaking known, right? So she kept <laughs> threatening me and threatening me. And then finally I, I just told her because I was fearful that she was going to take me and he was going to tell her. And there was, I didn't think about privacy, you know, between patient and doctor. And right. when I told her that I did, she just grabbed grabbed my head and we were in the bathroom and she just pushed my head into the wall so hard that I thought she must have broken the wall because I I didn't think about the pain. I just looked at the wall like, did she make a dent? Because that's how hard it was. And that's how, that that was me telling her I had sex. And then she told me never to have it again because of the, the consequences. And that was the last time we spoke about sex. Ever? Not ever, but with this boyfriend. She just hated him. She wanted me to break up with him. And um, she would just make comments because she knew that I was unlike my sister. My sister was more reserved. You know, I was maybe Gabatotico. That's what she would say. (laughs) (laughs) Which means, for the the non-Spanish speakers, uh, it just means that, like, she just 
I'm just gonna say it in a PC way, like, because I don't know what the the way to say it in English. Is because That's why I like, couldn't say it in English. Yeah, like, uh, you yeah. Just, you just, like, I was like, I want to hear this translation. Go ahead, Sasha. Oh, there we go. There's an itch that you have to scratch, right? Yeah. And it's down there. And it's, it's down there. <laughs> Which, but but you know the shame, like, so when you first of all, thank you for telling that story because that was really vulnerable. Um, yeah. and like, yo, I felt it that the the way we connect emotions to certain actions and we get conditioned to do this. Um, and she kept doing it. Like, it was like a mind fuck. Yo, I, side note, Latina mothers could work for the fucking CIA with their manipulative bullshit, right? Like, so Damn. that's, the, <laughs> I don't know why they're so good at it, but they are good. And they will leave you feeling that shit years, like years later. But the fact that you had, I don't know, like your first time you chose, like, let's just really break it down objectively. You chose to be honest. You chose to just say like, fuck this. I'm going to be my full authentic self with my mother, no matter what. And then those are the repercussions. Like, yo, like you think about it and that shit could have gone south for you, especially with sex. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I, she knew the magazines, like she doesn't speak English, but she knows what sex means when she sees right. it, right? Full in big print in front of a magazine. I'm here with these magazines, reading them all the time. So she knew, but she didn't want to, you know, she didn't want to talk to me about it. Because maybe if she did, maybe she's encouraging it. If she mentioned mm. the pleasure aspect of it, and that is not just, you know, for, for marriage or a duty for your husband. So I think, so she knew, she just never spoke to me about it. But by then I already knew a lot of stuff. Right. What did you tell yourself? Because obviously you still continued on this trajectory. Because I feel like if your story would have been, I told my mother I had sex, this happened. And then, I, I, you know, like if if someone would have been like, I completely shut down, I didn't have sex again for like 10 years. I would have also understood that perspective or taking that route. So what kept you on the route that you that you stayed on in terms of being so empowered about sex and to the point where you even made it your career. I knew that I wasn't going to talk to my mom or my dad about sex. It wasn't like I expected them to eventually give me that talk that I was looking for. I just knew I wasn't going to get it from them or my sister or anyone that was older than I knew in my family. So I took it upon myself to learn about it. And the girls, everyone was talking about it in school. I remember in the seventh grade, someone got finger popped during mm. during a in the in the auditorium, and that was like the biggest thing in the seventh well, grade. Girl, so, if we step into an auditorium now and someone gets finger popped at our age, I'll be like, "Holy shit! <laughs> what are they doing?" <laughs> so it 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 was a, a conversation that I was having with other people. So I just knew, I guess I was able to kind of like come to terms. I'm like, you know what? It's not going to be them. They're religious. I'm not. I know where they're coming from. You know, my my parents have been together since they were like seven and nine. So I knew she wasn't going to be, and that was her first, not my dad's first, but that was my mom's first. So I knew she wasn't going to give me advice. Um, You know, it wasn't going to, she wasn't going to, her and I were not going to be, be relate, like, we were not going to be able to, to relate on a lot of things. So I was like, uh, so I just took it upon myself to do my research. And I'm glad I never looked back and said, you know what? Screw that. I love that though. Like I actually see that as brave because you brought up the gender piece with your dad, not your mom, not being his first, but she, she, 
he was her first. I like, I think as women in particular, especially in the Latinx culture, we're taught that like you have to be a virgin, right? Like it has to be pure. It has to look this way. And then you fucking start having sex and you don't know what the hell you're doing. They're going to like, and then you have to start fearing that they're going to cheat on you because now you don't know what you're doing. Right. Like it's, it's all fucked. Yeah. So we're raised to be this like docile Santas, like we're Santicas, you know, we have to be pure. And then society portrays Latinas very, you know, voluptuous and sexy and spicy. And yeah, we're down for everything. We're DTF. People still say that. So we're here like, okay, we can't do it, but then this is how, this is what is expected of us. So there were many times where I had one night stands where I kind of did it because that was expected of me. Mm. Because I come off as very sexy, like, cause I, I talk, you know? So I'm like, maybe I gave him, I gave him the vibes that I was down. Okay, mm. fine. Let me just do it. So that really, that messed me up with a lot of the one night stands I used to have. No, I was going to say, what, what about the, like, when you say messed up, like, what, can you be a little more specific or get into that a little bit more? Just like having, just having regrettable sex. Like, yeah. it was fun at the moment, but then after I was like, ah, oh, I could have done without it. I'll never speak to that guy again. <laughs> Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I will say, I think um, after I moved, so in regards to how Latinas um, are portrayed on on television and media specifically, like I remember going back to my grandmother's house recently. I forgot what channel was on, but it was like one of the three Latin, you know, channels like Telemundo, <laughs> Univision, one of those. <laughs> Right, like one of those were were on. There's another one I can't oh, yeah, remember the name. Um, Galavision. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, so it was one of those, and then there's this like, I don't. It was like a sketch comedy type of show, but in every like sketch, it's a Bienvenidos. Probably, yeah. I don't. I don't know because I was disgusted yes. at what I, I saw. I remember watching that. Mm-hmm. I and then I because I hadn't realized it like when I was younger because it was just what was on TV. So I was just like, okay, the brainwashing of the media, what was on TV, it worked. Like I was hook, line, and sinker. Like it got me. I believed it. Like everything that I saw on TV was my truth. Um, Not thankfully I know better now, but I remember like hyper-sexualization of women, mm-hmm. women with big breasts and like men are commenting. Instead of looking at her, he's looking at her breasts you know, a man like tripping over himself when like this beautiful woman walks through and like just super hypersexualization. And I'm like, oh my God, this was just on TV during the day too. It wasn't even like it was some evening, you know, like late night adult only type of shit. I'm like, yo, it's like the middle of the afternoon and this shit is on TV. So I definitely like hear you about at home we're not talking about sex it's super taboo and then you see on the media like you're supposed to be this big breasted small waist big booty sex you know symbol that men are supposed to like be all over or you know look at and then also um this we talked about this in a body image episode where like our bodies are also constantly being commented on you're too fat or like how did you you know how do you look so good look at your little waist or you know you're so skinny and so beautiful and so I feel like the messages are very like twisted 
Yeah, I I don't I don't know about American culture too much because I grew up with these television. I remember watching Saul Gigante with my sixty year old grandfather, right? And like when they would come out with the the little bikinis and like Don Francisco would comment or like it was it was weird, right? Because you it's in your face, it's part of our everyday. And you're receiving these messages and then you look towards the, you know, the quote unquote adult because none of the people in my family were real adults. Uh, you look towards them for some guidance and they're not talking about it. And like, yo, boom, that's a layer of shame right there that you start to own. And I think a lot of us just walk with this and we don't even recognize it. Right. Yeah. So I will say, I think like with a lot of the media, a lot of what we see in the media the lack of information uh, <laughs> coming from any adults. Um, although I will say I will gr- give some credit to my health class because even though they taught abstinence, which was another issue at school, um, they they didn't teach like sex positivity. They were like, you just shouldn't have sex. And then I remember those crazy ass videos of the STDs where I was like, that woman's vagina is going to rot off. Like, <laughs> like it would be the most graphic images of STDs. Um, so, but I will say I, I did learn a lot of like practical, the biological piece around it. But I will say I still grew up hearing some myths about sex just overall growing up so I guess the first thing that I that I remember like very vividly is a girl is a hoe if she's not tight down there and I want to know can we bust this myth please I still think about that shit (laughs) yeah that is a crazy myth so basically it's a muscle the more you use it the tighter it is so mm. that being open is you got a small dick. That's the response I have. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Willie, my whole laptop was about to be submerged in water. Why did I take a sip as soon as you started saying that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I love that. All right. So there's a part of me that wants to play devil's advocate. There's not. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if this is real or not, but I would like to say that there's nothing wrong with having a small dick. Uh, but don't go complaining. Like, don't blame it on the other, right? Like, work with what you got. I think because what we're the way we're talking about sex is also really um, stereotyped in gender roles, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're talking about... Because we were earlier, we were talking about what we see as women and how we internalize that information. But I'm thinking about those little boys, too, who are like, oh, this is how I got to be when it comes mm-hmm. to having sex. And like... Yeah. And, and, you know, they're being primed and conditioned to, to do these things. And then we just turn around and we're like, well, fuck you. Right. Like, so we, we're never going to win like that. Uh, so I like to kind of see all sides, play devil's advocate. I think if guys know they have a small dick, then they work towards, you know, how to compensate. Right. And I think guys would, you know, that are not so well endowed. <laughs> You know, I think it would benefit them to learn that you could still do a lot <laughs> with right. a small pecker. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like the other myth is that, you know, as we're, we're speaking about a man's uh, size, is that uh, his penis is determined by his shoe size, his hand size, his race or ethnic background. Um, that was a that was a, a common one. Like, I definitely feel like there was a lot of hypersexualization of black men. I mean, I feel like there still is. Like, I don't I don't know that that's necessarily a thing of the past, um, but definitely a lot of 
a lot about that. And I think I even saw something recently on Twitter and I was like, is that true? And I'm like, girl, you too old for this. Like, <laughs> like just relax. Like, who cares? Now you're going to be out here examining man's hands. We're talking about like the index finger, if it's shorter than like the ring finger and like the mm-hmm. size between the thumb. And I'm like, girl, like, just stop. Like, who cares? Keep moving. Keep scrolling. <laughs> I, you know what I say to guys with them um, who talk about how big they are? I'll say, well, no anal for you. (laughs) (laughs) And and also, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not gonna I don't like I hate that saying it's it's not the the size of the boat, it's the motion (laughs) of the ocean. First of all, I wasn't gonna say that. (laughs) Okay, so I don't know. Like I do hate it. Like it's just like uh but I feel like there is a lot of truth to it because it's just like kind of like going back to what you're saying, like what are you gonna do with what you got? Right, like, and how are we gonna approach sex in a very open manner? But like, how are we gonna enjoy this together? Right, yeah, like, it's I, not just intercourse. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that that's also something. You know, speaking about what we learned growing up about sex, you know, that was another one of the myths or like misinformation that sex was only penetration. You could give oral sex. You could, you know, like dry hump. You can uh, do a ha- give a hand job, and all of those things were not considered sex. Because I remember, I feel like that was like, well, back in the day, like the Catholic schoolgirl like loophole, like you know, yes. like they can't have sex. You have to be abstinent, right? Because that's what what they're teaching at school. But you can do all these other things. Then comes the myth that Catholic girls are are slutty. <laughs> that's true that's true too i don't know those catholic girls they were like on some shit though like we used to <laughs> share the no, bus together <laughs> like your skirt is not short <laughs> no not even like the, the whole that never bothered me because i would probably rock the same length skirt. Oh, i'll so probably do I, that sure. still to this day sure. i love my legs i love my legs so but i just i remember them talking about certain things and like it was through the catholic girls on the school bus that i i would actually start learning about like what does it mean when a guy eats you out? And like, I remember when I first heard that shit, I was like, what the fuck? That happens? <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> like, that's so nasty. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I remember thinking that. I, I, I mean, I don't think that anymore. But still, like, I remember, like, these were the girls who taught me. So I, I maybe my perception is skewed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, like, there's a lot of people having you know a lot of young people having sex and there's equally a lot of young people not having sex and you know like everyone's experience is so different like even just hearing I mean we have a lot of similarities but even all of all the three of us we've just had such um varying experiences so you truly never never know so another myth that I heard is that you can't get pregnant during your period so that was the time to just raw dog it (laughs) you are safe so what about that one is that true not true see when I was having like at 16 um or 17 I remember thinking it was a week after that you could have sex um and not get pregnant so I forgot where I heard that from but that was like my thing and I was lucky for a very long time (laughs) using this method (laughs) Uh, with boyfriends, but th- that was a myth that it was a week after. But I, I think now there's a lower level, a lower chance of getting pregnant, uh, but it's still possible, obviously. Right. Well, speaking of having sex, right? Like we're- orgasms. Um, 
I think that there's a lot of myth. I don't know if it's necessarily a myth, but this is something that I do want to talk about because I get mad at my girlfriends when they tell me, yeah, I faked an orgasm. I'm like, bitch, why would you do that? Why are we like, I don't know. Mm. I, I think it's misinformation more so than a myth. What do you think about women who do that and like their idea around sex? I'll tell you what, why why I did it. Um, I did it for many reasons. And I, I don't do them anymore. But it was one to say I'm done. Okay, I finished. You could come now. I'm tired. Mm. Um, it would be because I didn't want him to feel bad that he's there trying so hard and I'm still not able to. And that was that was the two reasons why. Yeah, same. Um, and sometimes I would tell them. I mean, listen, that was I faked it. You did? Yeah, because I was tired. <laughs> but it was good. I, I enjoyed it. It was great. I I've never faked an orgasm. And I and I real good for thank you. you. Yeah, I re, like I realized that yo, they come they try harder. <laughs> First of all, they're like, what? And I don't know, for me, sex has I think this is misinformation about sex. Like we're re, we really are taught that it's like kind of like a one path. You're like if as if the man satisfies somehow you're gonna feel good. And it's like that's not true. For me, sex should be pleasurable for on both ends. And I always understood that somehow. And I remember like when my first boyfriend, I would tell him, like, no, I'm I didn't. And I knew it hurt his ego, but like I wasn't gonna lie because this was the thing for both of us. And I guess I just wanna put that out there, like sex is for both parties, right? And I always stress, I'm like, I don't care that I didn't come. I'm like, I had a great time. That felt so exactly. good. And then I highlight what was great, whether it was the floor the foreplay or a certain position or how I felt overall. It wasn't about, oh, I had to come to prove to you that I had a great time. No, not at all. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I was actually going to ask about um, the other, you know, like or be, orgasm being the ultimate goal. And of course, if that is what you want and that's where you want to get, like by all means work towards that, but also being able to enjoy the other aspects of sex. Like the, the how long is an orgasm on average? I feel like it's not that long. Like that can't be the only part about sex that you enjoy. Yeah, it's moving from, it's moving from a um, the ideal that it's performative rather than it's, it's pleasurable. It's a, it's a pleasure-based, right? Um, situation that we have with sex. It's not a performance-based because when you think of it that way, you're basically saying there's one right way to do it and other any other way is wrong. And you're focusing, yeah, on, on the goals. Like, we, you know, you don't want to build up all that sexual tension just to, to just get, a, get rid of it right away through orgasm. You want to stay with that. You want to see how much pleasure you could get from an experience than to focus on the end goal. I agree. And it's not just physical, right? Like it's intimate, it's connection, it's sharing. It's, you know, like my top two love languages are quality time and physical touch. And sex actually meets, me too. Oh, nice. Sex actually meets both of them if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. There's so much more than just, like you said, the angle. Um, in our culture, we are not taught that, uh, especially as women. Like it's just like, you know, get it done with. It's, it's, um, yeah, do this to, to, to keep your man. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he'll stray. Yep. Yeah. And that takes that takes the focus away from ourselves and puts it on someone else. Not empowering at all. I I do have two more things that I heard. So one is if you masturbate too much, it will be more difficult to orgasm when you have sex. 
with the person. That was something that I heard a lot, especially in particular to men. Like if they get used to the feel of their hand, then that's that's kind of like what they're going to look for. Um, you know, like what's kind of going to get them off. Um, is that true? Is that, can we bust this myth or? Definitely busted. I think it's similar to the idea that if you use a vibrator too much, you might desensitize your clitoris. Oh, that's a- um, there's some truth to that. If you OD, like you have to really like go crazy with this vibrator to like really desensitize your clitoris. <laughs> Jerking off or you know manual stimulation, the more you do it, the better. I don't see it being unless obviously it's impacting your sex life with your partner because that's what you want to do or that's the yeah. only way you get off. Then yeah, it can be problematic, but I wouldn't say anything about it's reducing your desire. I actually think that that's more emotional, right? Like if you prefer to masturbate than actually have sex with your partner, like that speaks to the intimacy portion of having sex. Would you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and then this is this one's silly, <laughs> and I don't know if you, I don't know if this necessarily falls within your scope. So no worries if it doesn't. I used to hear a lot that you can change the taste of your discharge if you eat certain foods, like uh, if you eat pineapples. Is that true? Honestly, it's nice to think that you could make it taste sweeter, because that just opens the door to like, oh, let's see what it tastes like, right? Because it makes it sexier. But to say that. I don't, I don't know, honestly. I, I, I'm, it just makes sense, right? Like if you're a person that has a poor diet, it's not going to be, or you, you smoke cigarettes or, you know, it's not going to be nice tasting sponge. <laughs> um, but if you have, like if you're eating fruits and I, I, it makes sense to me, so I'll do it. <laughs> well, so you bring up another thing, like, and this is, <laughs> this is another thing that I think uh, women think about a lot in particular, like, does any fucking spunk taste good? Like, for real? Like, does any, like, is it, should we even expect it to taste good? Like, I don't think that that's a, a thing. I I think pre-cum tastes much better. Really? It tastes different? That, that I enjoy. It's sweeter to me. I enjoy that. And then after that, I just house it and then just spit it out. I never thought of it like that. I can tolerate it. Like, I never saw it as like, mmm, I like no, this. It comes in, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, mmm, keep it going. <laughs> because it comes out, it comes out like it, it's spaced out a little bit. So, you know, you could, you know, but like when they come, it's like, whoa, whoa, I'm going to, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> I didn't expect yeah. this. Um, but those were, that was it for my minutes. I don't know if you had anything else, Sasha, on your list. It's not necessarily the myth per se. It's, I think it's more the misinformation, especially around like masturbation. And I know, Crystal, you brought it up, right? Like, I think to even get to the point of thinking about masturbating too much, you have to be comfortable with masturbating. I remember when I first started actually being comfortable with masturbation, there was this, this idea around it. Like, and again, with the shame, right? Like that, am I doing something wrong? But like, I, I wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about the benefits of actually masturbating because there are a lot of benefits. Yeah, definitely. With masturbating, it's it's part of self-care, really. It, it, it relieves your stress. It allows time for yourself. Um, it, it helps you embrace your 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 body, what, what, what feels pleasurable to you because it's not just intercourse that's pleasurable. Even, even if it's just the way... Your, your body feels after a shower, after shaving, 
you know, it's a dedicated time to yourself. Even if you reach orgasm or not, it's just allowing yourself to just explore, looking at yourself, loving your body, being comfortable, being naked. It helps with, when it comes to just health benefits in general, right? You're happier, you're in a better mood. Um, again, the same thing with the stress. It, it lowers your cortisol levels. I don't, what's, what's bad about masturbating? That's the question. I don't, I, you know, I, at this point in time in my life, I don't think there's anything bad, but like, so I have a friend who she never even thought about it until she was like 27. And I was like, girl, you got to buy a vibrator. Like I remember just telling, I was like, you need to buy yourself a vibrator and you need to try this. There was a lot of, I don't know. There was a lot of resistance on her end. So I can't tell you specifically what's bad about it. Right? Like, Cause I don't think there's anything bad about it, but it's, I, it's, it's that emotional piece of like, okay, I'm doing something wrong. Shit. And then, and the worst part, oh, let me just say this. The worst part is like, you think, okay, I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to find someone else to do it. These people don't know what the fuck they're doing with you. Please. Like, I just rather do it myself. Thank you very much. (laughs) And it's going back to the idea that if you don't know what you enjoy, what brings you pleasure, what gets you turned on, how are you going to share that with your partner? How are you going to have, how are you going to have mindful partnered sex if you don't know how to have sex on your own? Yeah, it does. It does give you the opportunity to speak up more like, like say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Which you're not going to be more inclined to do with a stranger, right? Who's trying. And then it's just, you just kind of stay stuck in that loop of, yo, this is awkward. I'm just going to steer away from it. You know, some other benefits that I could think of, it's, I tell girls, right? Um, girls, oh, women, when they're, when they're having um, cramps, I'm like, you should masturbate. It definitely relieves cramps. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't really think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. It helps you sleep better. It definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a lot of taboo of being sexual around your period. When it's probably a lot of times like when you need it most. Because like you said, like it helps. It's like it relieves muscle tension. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm learning about this now. So I don't want to speak too much because I don't want to sound, you know. But they say that during your period, that's a powerful time to have sex or to even masturbate. Mm. It's a, I think it goes back to just like the lunar phases as well. Um, again, I'm really more into that, but I just know that it's a powerful time to have sex. I feel like for me, I haven't, I, I haven't had too much period sex, but when I have, I feel like because of the hormones, I'm like next level, like pleasure, like enjoyment um, of sex because it's like, and you're, lu- and you're lubricated yes, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> My, I'm putting people on blast now. My first boyfriend didn't have a problem with it. My second boyfriend most definitely did. And that's, fr- it, like, I was more angry. I was more irritable. <laughs> like, I was like, well, so who, what do I do now? <laughs> I want to say something. <laughs> so I still wanted to, you know, for them to go down on me during my mm. period. So I would, I would use a tampon, I would hide the string all the way in so they wouldn't notice. And I will still, you know, get the pleasure of... <laughs> <laughs> being out during a period and they wouldn't know wow see that's i mean because some guys are not for that I, I get it yeah so i mean i feel i feel like i've heard a lot about that and i feel like i've heard a lot of mix not a lot i think there's this is one podcast that i listen to where they talk oh, very openly about sex but just like hearing a lot around that and i feel like it's very mixed like some people are like completely disgusting like all of that and then other people are like it's fine but I think that the you know what you were saying about the uh tampon like being in like you know like there's not like 
blood coming out of you. Like that's not necessarily what your, you know, the person giving you oral is has in their mouth and stuff like that. So I feel like it depends, I guess, what the visualization of it is for the person yeah. who's giving the oral sex for sure. So masturbation is definitely a good way to feel empowered and feel good and find out what you like. Are there any other tips or things that our listeners can take away in order to enjoy sex more, whether it's partnered, whether it's alone, just other ways that they can enjoy sex? I think it's very important to work on your shame. I feel like we all have some level of shame when it comes to sex. So definitely do work on that. Either it's, you know, through therapy or workshops or reading books on, on, on shame or trauma. Um, I think that's very important to work on that. I think it's also very important to, to again, to learning what brings you pleasure, right? That, that's what empowerment means. It's how to bring pleasure in your, in, your, in your everyday life, not just through sex, whether it's hobbies that you're engaged in, whether it's socializing, whatever you find that, that, that brings you joy is another way of being self-empowered. And even relearning sex education, we didn't get the, the education we wish we want, we wish we had. So I, I'm a person that I love learning. And this is the reason why I went into um, mental health is because I love learning. And learning about um, sex education, what, you know, again, kind of busting all those myths when it comes to sex, incorporating masturbating as part of your self-care as if you would eat healthy or go to the gym looking at your bodies, right? You know, it's, it's, every woman should have like a mirror to like check their, their lady parts. I think that's so, so, so important to do because that's really the way that we're going to be able to share with our partners what makes us feel good, right? The anatomy of, of the vulva, it's a beautiful thing. It really, I don't know it really is a beautiful <laughs> thing though. Like I, I actually think, I mean, women are just like one of the most beautiful creatures. Well, we, I, I, I think we are the most beautiful Great. creatures. Um, yes. And too. it sucks that going back to that shame piece that we have so much shame around our being when in reality, like I, I genuinely appreciate the the anatomy of a, of a, of a woman. I think that even just starting from there, recognizing that, yo, and I talk about this often, like there are certain pieces to the, the emotional part that I don't think people recognize like that are so simple, but one of them is like giving yourself permission give yourself permission to to enjoy yourself recognize that there are other women in the world who are appreciative of what they got so therefore you have that right as well um i think that that is like once we do that like to whoever's listening like yes you can and it may sound weird and awkward at first because it's like i'm giving you permission to go masturbate but yo please do so if it's been on your mind right like i think that empowerment doesn't is isn't just from the individual it comes from the groups of people that you're around and the way that you talk about these things so noticing who you're talking about these things with right so i think that that's also empowerment like being curious cuz that when we're feeling shamed yo we're we're not going to ask questions yeah i think it's important that we have we're able to normalize conversations about sex with with your friends I remember bringing that up with my girlfriends over dinner one time. And I was like, let me just ask them. And I was like, how often do you masturbate? And I was shocked to hear the answers. I was like, oh, that often? We should talk about this more. And it was just a fun, fun conversation. And I was like, I don't know why we're not having these conversations more often. Because it's not that we're constantly learning. Like I learned so much about my friends, about what turns them on, what pleasures them. I'm like, oh, 
look at you. I didn't know that about you. So it's like we were always learning about each other. And when you associate with other sexually empowered women or people, that's what you need to be surrounded with, right? To really feel even more empowered than just doing the work on your own. Yeah. And I think something that came up for me as you all were talking about being curious, giving permission, being empowered is also exploring your sexuality. Do you only like men? Do you only like women? Are you bi-curious? There's people all across the gender spectrum. So also being curious and being empowered around that. Because I remember at one point I was, when we were talking about women's bodies, I was like, I do love, like women's bodies are beautiful. Like their skin is soft. I've always been attracted to men. I remember one time I went to the strip club and I was like, I had way too much fun. Like, you know, like that was my thought. Like I was like, I had too much fun. I enjoyed looking at women a little bit too much. And then I was kind of like secretly not telling anyone, went off and went on a date with the girl. Although I was dating a guy and I told him that and he was like, not worried about it. He's like, you'll be back. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I did come back. Uh, Because he knew what he was putting down. Um, (laughs) But but I, 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 you know, I discovered then that I wasn't sexually attracted to women in that way. I think it was just like I enjoyed looking at women, like women's anatomy. You know, like it turned me on, not to the point where I would want to engage with them in a sexual way, but I did enjoy. And I think that that was part of my exploration piece too. feel empowered, be curious, go out there and explore and be okay about that. Now I can speak about it for a long time. I kept it like really hush hush, but also wanting to say that that could be part of your journey as well. Yeah, I agree. For me, my bachelorette party was at a strip club with girls dancing I would never want to go to see guys dancing I think that's it just doesn't really do anything for me um most of the porn I watch is lesbian porn oh you same yep um and I and I remember when I first had a crush on a girl it was it was crazy it was like a big crush and no one believed me because like oh no whatever you just you know I'm like no I really like this girl I get nervous whenever she Mm. comes near me and um so she wasn't we were just messing around she wasn't out um now she is and i'm just like fuck i lost my chance <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of pisses me off a little bit but i was like you know what she's happy so i'm happy for her but um i tell my husband that i'm like yeah i'm pansexual and he's like what does that mean so he's like a little scared about that i'm like i'm not gonna cheat on you but I will ask you if I could get a girlfriend at some point. Mm. And he and he he says yes, but then he 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 then he ruins it when he says I want to be involved too. Okay, forget it. End of conversation. <laughs> I tell him I'm like, listen, if you want to go fuck a guy, <laughs> like right, like we we could keep it equal, right? Like you know, relationships. We want to make sure that everyone's satisfied, so. <laughs> well this has been such a fun conversation um i feel like we you know kind of treaded into some waters there at the end we're talking about opening things up to threesomes and things like that so maybe that can be our next conversation for our part two on the sex episode uh because you know what i know that was an awesome segue (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) 
Uh, I know that I really enjoyed, you know, just kind of like exploring what I learned, how I how I got my sex education and how I'm, you know, having to unlearn some things. And um, I hope this was an opportunity even for our listeners to really begin to explore their journey, their thoughts and their beliefs around sex and beginning to break away any shackles or anything that's holding them back um, in terms of sexual empowerment. So the other thing I want to say is that we will be doing a Q&A with Wilde live on Instagram. She's going to answer all of your sex questions. So, you know, I hope you were taking notes. Sorry, I should have definitely told you that at the beginning of this episode. Take your notes, um, write your questions down, and uh, check us out on Instagram at Never Told This Pod so you can get more details on when that Q&A will be. Um, but also, if you have any questions about what you heard here, here today. If you want to just follow up with us, you can also email us at nevertoldthispod at gmail.com. Before we go, I do want to ask you, Wilde, where can our listeners find you? Where can they connect, hear more about your work? Yeah, sure. So you could find me on Instagram. My handle is at lovesexwithwilde, Wilde with a Y. Um, and you can find me through there. It's only been two months I've had this page. And I'm, it's still new, so I'm very open to answering questions, but I'm hopeful that I'll get so busy that I won't be able to answer questions through the end. And I'll say, but <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on here today. Can't wait for the live. I'm super excited about that. And thank you for taking the time to explore this with us. We loved having you on as a guest. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And make sure to come back next week so we can tell you what they never told us. <laughs>